Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish tech news. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, a.k.a. The Crypto Hipster, where I bring you to the crypto corner, where I interview founders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, uh, musicians, uh, and a variety of amazing people around the world. And um, I have an amazing guest uh, today is the CEO and co-founder of Terra Virtua. His name is Jawad Ashraf. Uh, Jawad, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me on. Welcome. So what is your background and is it a logical background for what you're doing now? Okay, so um, my background is that I've, um, well, one, I've always been a geek, which I think sort of makes you very qualified to be in this area at the moment. And um, B, I've been building um, tech companies since I was 24. And it's I've always been really interested in what's new and what the future is. You know, playing with gadgets and technologies, but actually finding a way to make it my business because I've always been passionate about what I enjoy the most. So back from playing the earliest video games to, you know, from the ZX Spectrum to the Commodore 64 all the way through, I've been an avid gamer and I've always been interested about the next of technology. You know, I've, I've moved into, um, I moved into uh, web before and created a web-based CRM before um, you had um, any sort of CRM on the internet. I created um, mobile applications when they were very, very new, you know, and there wasn't any technology framework around it either. So, hang on. Yeah, so um, as a result of that, it's just been an evolution, really. And so what happened was that I've been doing multiple exits over the years, and then I got to the point um, I was in the UAE, and we just came off an exit of a mobile apps company. And while I was there, one of the things that we did was I did actually start building a um, mobile applications company, but with a focus on VR, because I was really interested on um, what you could achieve with that intersection of VR and also with um, gaming. But nobody had any data, so we set up a mobile gaming company and published VR games onto all the platforms. So when that happened and I could see how assets were being used, the next logical step was Metaverse with VR and NFTs. And that's sort of how Terra Virtue came on board. It was all an evolution of a journey to where I see a logical conclusion where your assets that are digital become as valuable as a physical asset. And we built out a Metaverse back in 2018 and with VR and NFTs, but no one understood any one of those three things. So we doubled down on NFTs. So you built, uh, I have a follow-up there. So you built the first, you actually built the first metaverse or one of the early we ones. Built, we built one in 2018 and we had demos with live concerts, play to earn games uh, being built into it. You could walk around, it was all VR. And then, uh, then we realized that nobody gets any of that. So we just focused on the digital assets part because a metaverse was always going to be built upon those assets. You know, back in 2018, we were saying, you know, you could have an NFT, which is a racing car, and somebody else can build a racetrack, and then you can race around the track, and the petrol itself is like a token, 
that can be expended and people who create their own tracks, etc., etc. And when we went into the studios to talk to them, they thought we were mad people. So um, then we thought, okay, let's just focus on the NFT bit. And even that was a hard sell because we were talking about NFTs to Paramount Pictures and the like when nobody knew what it was. You're talking about non-fungible token, they thought it was some sort of, to you know, toe cream. And that's the sort of conversation you had. Great. Okay. Awesome. So let me ask you this. Uh, what is Terra Virtua all about and what makes uh, what makes it a game changer? Okay. Well, basically, as I mentioned before, we built a ton of metaverse tech back in 2018. And the idea was always to have an NFT platform, but where we were different was the people in our team are all seasoned veterans from the gaming space and from the technology space. So, 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 my, so my chairman, like Gary Bracey, he was like one of the guys behind one of the biggest video gaming companies in the world. And, you know, Tomb Raider, multiple games were under him, including licensing them into um, video games. So the first ever video game licensed from a movie Robocop that sold over a million units was Gary. So what was really interesting about that, that sort of pedigree allows us to um, take a different approach to the way that the NFTs were being dealt with. Because right now, uh, you had the likes of OpenSea, which were like eBay, with lots of people coming in, and there's a fresh great market. But what we have very firmly in our mind, the mass market is going to move towards digital assets. So we were very focused on trying to create um, assets which were very accessible and at a price point that made sense, and try to grow up the mass market area. Just, you know, the, the back in the day, you know, the way that Amazon dealt with uh, e-commerce and they dealt with small with books and they went to multiple areas. We wanted to basically focus on being that for digital, but working in a way with brands because Gary and the rest of the team, like Doug Dyer, who's the guy that rise of enterprise, Keith was an EA from um, Electronic Art, VP of Electronic Art. So we knew how to deal with brands and how to respect copyright and ownership. So our model was, brand-focused, mass-market-focused, and from day one, when we launched our platform back in, back in a year and a half ago, we were heavily focused upon making it easy for the mass-market users. So you could sign up to Terra Virtua, not know the first thing about MetaMask wallets, buy an NFT, and then display it in a 3D space, which we took out of our metaverse, your fan cave, a large space and a small space where you could exhibit them and talk about them and, and show off, really. And so that's what we've already done. You know, we launched an AR app and metaverse spaces and a mobile platform one and a half years ago, simultaneously. So now when people are talking about, oh, let's do um, metaverse, you know, let's create an NFT platform, we're now working heavily onto our next version. So um, we're reinstating the metaverse spaces. We're making it so that the spaces that we're creating are high fidelity and medium fidelity and work across everything, you know, from mobile phones to Androids to Macs, you name it, and you can all be in the same space and talk with each other with voice over IP. And it's all high fidelity metaverse, because right now a lot of the stuff you see is like Lego. And we wanted, we were always of the opinion that it should be incredibly high fidelity. And also one of the things, because we've been doing this from the beginning, that makes us different, is we're working on a level of, this is our metaverse, but our vision of a metaverse is multiple islands connected together. Because when you go on holiday, you don't all want to go to the same place, right? You all have different tastes. 
And when we launched uh, Terra Virtua, we actually had an advanced screening of Ready Player One because this is a two hour preview of what we want to build. And so what we want to do is go ahead and have like metaverse spaces and we're actively talking to all of these other companies that are trying to make new metaverses, trying to do play to earn games and have got no idea how to make it work in a metaverse and have it so there's actually a synchronization between models and assets. So they can come into our metaverse, we can put stuff in theirs. So for example, one of the games that, our first play to earn game that we've done a really deep partnership with is Nitro League, which is a racing car game. And imagine if we license, let's say, um, something from the F1 and we're doing NFTs on it, those same NFTs can also be concept cars around a, a particular F1 property and they can be raced in Nitro. That's far more interesting, the intersection of brands and play to earn, than it is just putting up the next celebrity NFT or just doing a drop and trying to see how much you can get for it. We're more about trying to bring lots of people in and there's a lot of advanced thinking in the way that we're approaching it. You know, the way that we see it, the, the hub that's going to be released of Terra Virtua, um, that's going to be a few months down the line, we're really super proud of it, is going to be a space station where you go in and all these spaces are there that you can customize, but you can see out the window. So we'll be able to park and orbit Nitro's planet and you can see it through the view, through the windows when a Nitro tournament is going on. Then we can move to Terra Prime, which is our planet, and orbit that. So the whole idea is that we want to move a hub around the metaverse. And that's, I think, where we're clearly different because we've been at it for longer, I mean, thinking about it for longer and delivering from day one. Long answer to a short question. <laughs> you're, in, you're in Dubai or Saudi? I'm in Dubai. I've been in Dubai, okay. So why do you, so you're obviously very experienced with the metaverse. So before we get into some of your quotes, I wanna ask you why is, why is Meta and Facebook going to fail? Or is it? Because, well, look, my view is anyone who's of this generation, they don't want to give away personal data. They don't want to go to a metaverse where an organization knows everything about them. It's, it's, it's like you can see that, you can see people leaving in droves and like you saw the movement from Facebook to Instagram and Meta is going to have a place, you know? My grandmother is going to sit in that and love it, okay? Um, but, and it's going to be great for families connecting. There's going to be a whole thing about that. But right now, people want to connect a wallet. They don't want to connect anything else. And then as we mature, because KYC has to be a thing for the future, you're going to see more mature ways to do K KYC. So people will actually be able to verify themselves on a, on a different platform and then have that tokenized and then have a company say, here's the wallet. And is this person AML and KYC? And I'll say, here's the token, which says he is, but I'm not going to provide you any of their data. So they'll be able to provide more information or less information, and it's under their control. And that's the metaverse that people want to be connected to, where they can control the degrees of anonymity. And that's why I think one fits a certain type of person, but certainly everyone we deal with, just if it's not connected to, you know, even with Terra Virtua, people don't necessarily want to sign up. You know, they're much, they're much preferred just to connect to wallet. So we're having to evolve ways that we do and be ready to deal with the future of KYC, which is going to be control anonymity. And projects like Synapse, TrueID, Crucible are addressing that really well. I never thought of it that way, but what you're saying, let me get this straight, is that the metaverse will cause breakthroughs in AML KYC. 
Definitely. I mean, um, all of the NFT, you know, generally that's the direction crypto is going to go. You know, with DeFi products, with um, NFTs, people are going to want regulation, but people don't want to give away their data to organizations. That's a big problem you have right now. You know, everything has a value. So you abstract the KYC, you tokenize it, you provide that as a, an acceptance proof of identity to any NFT platform, metaverse platform, or DeFi platform. That's the way it's going to go for all of crypto, not just a metaverse. But it'll be plumbed into the DNA of it. So that way, if you're going to make a high value transaction or you want to run a business which is going to do millions of dollars, if you don't have that framework in place, you can't because you're trading in the Wild West. You need a level of accountability. All right, I may not want, may not know who you are, but I know the entity has verified you. And if it comes to something else, I can go back to them. So you're protected, but when it counts, you're also protected as a consumer. So I think that's how it's going to go. Interesting. I was an advisor in ICOs 2017. I got in there and I said, bank, blockchain does three things. One is banking for the unbanked or unbanking for the bank, depending on where you live. One, another one is voice, a voice for the voiceless, which is where I focus, and then identity for the unidentified. And you just said it, and now it makes sense. So thank you. Um, so I want to talk about your game. <laughs> you know, uh, we're here to talk to do that. You know, you said the battle to create the world's first AAS play to earn NFT game will heat up. Um, can you explain to all describe what AAS is and then what sets your games apart? Well, basically, I don't even know what AAS is, so I think that was a misquote from something. But like, um, as, as essentially, um, what you're going to find is that we in TerraVirtue, so one of the things that we're super proud of when we started this off, we said, okay, we'll do an NFT platform, but let's try to create a digital Funko, something really cool that no one's done before that works really well in AR and VR. And we created these robots. So if you go to the website, you'll see our VFlex. They've got an identity, a mythology, and they're like, you know, we're doing VFlex of bored apes and hash marks, but then I've got Zilla and Elvis, you know, so they're like digital Funkos. And what we wanted to do was have a metaverse narrative, have these great characters which are NFTs, and then have these characters be involved into our games. So like, we're gonna have an announcement coming up soon, but we've got multiple games being cooked up by us at the moment. Some of our studio, because remember we were a VR gaming studio before we evolved into this, and that was just to gather data. But we've also got like some triple A uh, software developers, we're just in the final contract stage, who made world-class games, who are gonna make a massive VFlex game as well. So we're gonna have different models, but the beauty is your avatar and your VFlex and the assets are part of the game. There's ownership there. And then even by bridging across to other games, like Nitro, the games are on our, the cars are on our platform, and those cars are then taken into the race. So I think what's going to happen is that we are aiming to make great games, but it's not about us winning a AAA gaming war. It's about us helping every other person who wants to make a great play-to-earn game and enabling them into the whole metaverse. Because look, right now you're seeing people who bring out games and they're trying to build a game and simultaneously they're being told they've got to have an NFT platform. They go into OpenSea and there's lots of noise they want their own, but they don't have an opportunity. And then you've got people who are great games developers who can't do a blockchain economy. Now we want our Terra Prime where we can put our games. 
have the plumbing for economy, gamification, leaderboards, land, everything there. So if you've got a AAA game, but you don't know the blockchain stuff, we can help you evolve that and make it something which works as opposed to, and that plugs into a thing. So um, the whole idea is that we'll have multiple experiences. I mean, guilds are the next big thing that are going to power all the games. You're going to have guilds, in my opinion, as big as city states. And I want those guilds to have guild halls in Terra Virtuals Metaverse, all coming together, watching all of the assets, all the assets around them, watching them on big screens, all the different types of play to earn games there are. So yeah, we're going to do our own and we want them to be great. And we got a ton of experience more than, you know, lots of play to earn games are out there. They don't have the guy who did Rise of Empires. They don't have EA uh, VPs from Electronic Arts. They don't have guys who license everything everywhere. So gaming is in our DNA. And so we know we can make a good product, but we want to empower all these guys. And if you've got a great platform, a great game, here's a white label version of Terra Virtua, powered by Terra Virtua. Upgrade, upgrade, blend your cars, do whatever you want. And then here's a metaverse space for your people to meet. And then here's a way for your guilds to meet up. And that's all the social aspect. You run an event, let's do a drop on our mobile application to make that event like a huge event. And simultaneously, when they sell things on our on their platform, it'll appear on our platform and on OpenSea and wherever else. But it means that everyone gets to participate. And one of the things that we initially did from Terra Virtual, we were a walled garden, but all those walls have been broken down. Because look, the only way we're gonna grow is for everything, everyone to have access to everything. And I, th I do worry sometimes, you're seeing a whole a load of play to earn games coming out, but we know to make a great AAA game, it costs a lot of money. There are a lot of issues along the way. So if like, look at Star Citizen, what, 10 years late by the guy who made Wing Commander, over a hundred million invested, you know, Elite Dangerous has took many years to build by the guy who built Elite. And you've got people saying, yeah, in 2023, we're gonna have a game. You're not, <laughs> you gotta think about the scope of what you're trying to build. And so what we do is even when people come to us, you know, like some great concepts to work with us, we're like, scale it down or think of something else because the worst thing you can do, and I do feel it's going to happen, is going to be just like we saw last year, everyone went bananas over NFTs and a lot of people got burnt. And no one wanted to touch NFTs for five months and they went up. You're going to see that with play to earns. There's going to be a ton of turkeys. And like crypto is opportunistic, right? So a ton of people are going to be, Load, uh, releasing a ton of uh, games that have got no legs. Interesting. And um, it wasn't AAS. It was AAA. It was triple A. It was a typo. It was my, yeah, my, my, my typo. And I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you you do sound like you're way ahead of the curve. I mean, I've interviewed people who create just creating games now, and you you have a whole business roadmap. So that's really awesome. Um, so I'm going to go to the next question is you believe major games developers will shift into overdrive, right? To yeah. conquer the emerging market of NFTs, which goes into what you said last is, is what does that overdrive, you know, look like? And, um, you know, like you said, NFTs, it's been tremendous market velocity. It's really hard to keep up, you know? So what is the ramification of, of that velocity and, and that overdrive uh, yield uh, end of the day? Okay. Well, I think we, it's by looking at history, isn't it? I mean, if you look at console and you look at you look at personal computers, uh, you know, look at the Taris and look at the way that every generation of technology that's come in 
has ended up opening up a brand new territory and it created a whole new brand of gaming studio. So if you look at like the Ataris of the world and the Commodore 64s and then you look at the Segas and you look at the Nintendos, most of them haven't survived. Because what tends to happen is when the new technology comes out, the people who get it manage to bring out products way faster than anyone who's an incumbent with massive legacy that they need to adapt the tech stack to accommodate the new tech. So if you build something out, which is huge, and you're evolving it every year and doing season passes on a console, and then fundamentally the economy in a play-to-earn game doesn't work the way that a normal game works. You know, like if you've got like a, a PlayStation game, a mobile application game, you can have very, very deep economies, but you need to think about you need to think about inflation. You need to think about the different types of tokens you're going to have. You're going to have to think about how guilds are going to work into the narrative, how, how scholarship programs are going to work, and how standard economics are going to break your model. Even land. You know, you, you look at land and, like, right now, what you're going to see, yes, great, people have got a metaverse, but they're not thinking about the fact that you're going to have land which is completely overpriced, and you're going to have the haves and the have-nots in the metaverse the same way that you do with physical land. And all of these things need to be considered when you're building out these platforms. So yeah, these other brands that are out there are desperately going to try to want to come in. And I believe, again, that's an opportunity for publishers, the new, new level publishers, to try to bring them in and help them engineer their economies. But what they need to understand is they need to re-engineer their economy. And most of them don't even understand what crypto is, let alone how to re-engineer a crypto economy. So um what will happen i think you will see the rise of new studios and they will get acquired by the ones for, for their domain skill by the big incumbents and there'll be independent studios i mean and new countries will come up you know like pakistan india countries that have just been commodities in the past i mean who knew who knew finland you know before mobile gaming you're going to have new territories rights as well in the world of crypto and crypto the whole point of it is that uh, and I do love it, you know, I've been in this forever, and I love the democratization for voice for the voiceless is what I love. And play to earn, I believe, is going to be a way for people to bring themselves out of poverty in brand new ways. The decentralization, even things like Telegram mods and Reddit mods that are sitting, you know, in these countries that can't even feed themselves, have the ability to go and earn a living. You know, we love that. And I think you're going to have gaming which and development which is becoming vastly decentralized as well which makes it really hard because the passion in big gaming or the monolith isn't there i don't believe anymore whereas everything in crypto is passionate put two crypto people in a room and just watch them argue you know that's there's passion in everything that happens in this industry and that's what i love about it really and i agree it's it's uh you know I went to a, a New York City event like a few months ago and, you know, the energy, like I was there, I wasn't full of energy that day. By the end of the day, I was pumped. It's like the, the excitement, the energy, all that is is there. Um, so, you know, you you, def- you said you, you turned you turn the phrase, I want to say it. You say there's a mega meta bubble and this goes back to our metaverse, you know, what aspects of that bubble will stay what will fade away what do you think you know quality rises and like right now um everyone's putting meta against everything they're doing and just saying it's it's, it's a metaverse play 
And unfortunately, the way it works in crypto right now is there's not enough education. So just like we had our dot-com bubble, you know, where everyone is investing in everything and half of it was garbage, there's a ton of garbage that's come across our desk. You know, we're advising with funds and, you know, everyone comes to us and some of the stuff we see is, is clip art. You know, it's clip art and not well thought out, but people are investing in it and putting the time and effort into it. So you're going to see a lot of money going in. And what always happens in these situations is that a lot of people lose their money. There's a lot of disillusionment. And then you're going to see the quality rise. The companies that are just constantly building are the ones that are going to, you know, just succeed. You know, even now, um, like what happens, you see when the market goes up and down, a lot of companies have changed what they're doing because of the way the tokens behave. But actually, you just got to keep building. You've got to have a vision, know where you're going to go, and the token will come off the back of the quality you can create and the experiences you can provide. It's all about the, it's all about the experience and the social aspect of it. And I just think that there's, there's a real democratization you can do. Like I love the fact, one of my favorite things about Terra Virtua is we got like people in favelas in Brazil girls in Sri Lanka who've never had the ability to express themselves. They're selling artwork, you know, you know, and and and, and they're able to present themselves in a way. I mean, even with Terra Virtua, like we have um, one of our contractors um, is a company called Big Immersive based out of Lahore in Pakistan. And they've done a lot of our reflex stuff and we were launching concepts, concept art. And these guys were saying, okay, we're going to launch it and we've created aliases for ourselves, and that's what we're going to present here. And I, said, I said, why? They said, well, this is what normally happens. We can't say who we are. I said, no, university of where you were, who that person was, her profile picture up there. You know, be proud of the fact that you have this one people who buy what you like and enjoy what you love. And to me, that's another big part of what we do. We, you know, we get a kick from that part as much as anything else. Awesome. Awesome. So I have time for one more question. Well, two more, but this last one is, is this because um, you're probably the most qualified person I've met to be able to answer this. Uh, back in 2018, I started um, I started the crypto 2017, but really started trading like little uh, cryptos on my wallet. Like um, at one point, I think I had like 60 cryptos on BRD app. Like and like, you know, it's easy to like look, you know, at the new thing. And say, oh, shiny. I mean, for any entrepreneur, it's easy to say, oh, that's a shiny thing. Oh, that's a shine. And go down that squirrel syndrome, shiny rabbit, you know, hole and, and get distracted. Right. Crypto um, yeah. What <laughs> what should people do so that they don't get distracted by shiny? You know what? It's shiny is is new. And some, what you really got to do is think, does it have an application in your life in the real world? Sometimes it's like Emperor's New Clothes. You know, people follow the herd. You know, all I would say is don't follow the herd. Think about how it will affect you and your life. You know, will the metaverse add to your life? Will it add to your family's life? Will it, will it enhance what you do day to day? Will it improve your wealth? Will it improve your entertainment? And then you should embrace it. Just being told something is good because something's been marketed to you is not the way to go. And a lot of the way that people invest is just following like lemmings, which you shouldn't, because you'll inevitably get burned and you're the last person who will have the right information. Everybody else will. 
yeah, I tend not to follow her. <laughs> so, um, so uh, thank you. I want to thank you very much for your time today. This has been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed it uh, about, you know, how organized and structured and, and ahead of the curve you are. That's awesome. Uh, one last question is this. Um, how can people find out more information about you, be involved in the communities, be involved in development, how, uh, learn, you know, play the games? How can they do any of that? I mean, our Telegram is really active. Our Discord is very active. We can provide the links. We just love people to come on board. You know, we all dip into the Telegram. We're all talking. I haven't, I've never blocked my DMs. Anyone can reach out to me directly, have a conversation. And we always do that. So really, that's just just come and talk to us. And like, we're always, we always love to communicate what we do. And, you know, this is the heart of crypto, right? We're now close to our community and they help us get things right. And also they're very vocal when we do things wrong. <laughs> awesome thank you very much for your time today thank you very much it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the latest irish tech news podcast check back every day for the latest episode you can follow us on twitter at irish underscore tech news on facebook facebook.com forward slash irish tech news on linkedin linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash irish dash tech dash news on instagram instagram.com forward slash irish tech news dot ie and on tiktok tiktok.com forward slash at irish tech news